Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. Certainly these events have happened, but we know there's also coming a time yet future to us in the Great Tribulation that ultimately all the armies are going to come against Israel. We've seen it in different waves, but there's going to, it's going to come again, and it's going to be the worst, one of the worst things they've ever seen. Many Jews are going to die, unfortunately, in that siege when the Antichrist and his army surround and the things that happen there. But a burdensome stone, every, every country that has tried to divide the land ultimately left, are left frustrated. And whatever the plan they try to make is useless. Today on Truth in Christ, is there any doubt that our God is in control? Pastor Rob finalizes this three-part series of chapter 27 and 28 in the book of Deuteronomy with a review of God's blessings for obedience and curses for disobedience. As we study the Bible, we learn that God has kept his promises and his prophecies we know of the historical consequences that occurred to the nation of Israel for their disobedience. Therefore, there is no reason to doubt God's sovereign rule over circumstances in our lives now and even in the future. That's why we should always be obedient to the Word of God. Let's join Pastor Rob. What the Shema is all about. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. That's what it's about. The word heed, the word hear, O Israel, is a word that means hear with the intent of doing something about it, not just letting it get trapped in between these two ears. You hear it, you respond to it, you do it. Isn't that what James is telling us to do? So you shall not turn aside, verse 14, from any of the words which I command you this day, to the right hand or to the left, to go after other gods to serve them. We know that they ultimately did do that, though. And then he goes in verse 15, and these are the curses of disobedience. But it shall come to pass if, notice, circle that, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes, which I command you today, that all of these curses will come upon you and overtake you. Cursed shall you be in the city. And here he's undoing literally all the things that were blessed in the previous chapters. Now you're going to see an unraveling of those good things, those blessings. They're going to be the opposite now. And there's going to be even more things added to it. It's kind of depressing. That's why we're here tonight. <laughs> I'm only kidding. It's, it's very sobering, isn't it? Cursed shall you be in the city, and cursed shall you be in the country. Cursed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Cursed shall be the fruit of your body and the produce of your land, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Cursed shall you be when you come in and cursed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will send on you cursing, confusion, and rebuke and all that you set your hand to do until you are destroyed and you utterly perish or until you perish quickly because of the wickedness of your doings in which you have forsaken me. 
The Lord will make the plague cling to you until he has consumed you from the land which you are going to possess. The Lord will strike you with consumption, with fever, with inflammation, with severe burning fever, and with the sword, with scorching, and with mildew. They shall pursue you until you perish. And your heavens, which are over you, your head, shall be like bronze, and the earth, which is under you, shall be iron. The Lord will change the rain of your land to powder and dust. From the heaven it shall come down on you until you are destroyed. And the Lord will cause you to be defeated before your enemies. You shall go out one way against them and flee seven ways before them. And you shall become troublesome to all the kingdoms of the earth. Now that is prophecy. Let me read something in Zechariah chapter 12, just for the sake of time. Let me just read it for you. Zechariah, hundreds of years after this statement, he says, And you shall become troublesome to all the kingdoms of the earth. Every administration in the United States uh, presidency have always tried to make a peace plan with this, you know, trying to unite the Palestinians and the, and, the, and the Jews. Just forget about it. Just forget about it. The land belongs to Israel. He says, The land is mine, and I give it to them. They can have all this other stuff. There's plenty of land. And some of it's even better in, in, in some ways, right? So that, that you, you can have all of that. You guys have got a lot of land, but, oh, there's this one little sliver, but we want that because the Jews want it. So therefore, we want it. No, God's saying, forget about it. Forget about it. That land is mine. I give it to them. Go away. I love you still, but I have a plan. I have a plan for you too, and I love you, but I've got a plan for them. And so in Zechariah, hundreds of years later, the prophet Zechariah says this, The burden of the word of the Lord against Israel. Thus says the Lord, who stretches out the heavens, lays the foundation of the earth, and forms the spirit of man within him. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of drunkenness to all the surrounding peoples when they laid siege against Judah and Jerusalem. And it shall happen in that day that I will make Jerusalem a very heavy stone for all peoples, all who... Heave it away will surely be cut in pieces, though all nations of the world, of the earth, are gathered against it. Certainly these events have happened, but we know there's also coming a time yet future to us in the Great Tribulation. That ultimately all the armies are going to come against Israel. We've seen it in different waves, but there's going to, it's going to come again. And it's going to be the worst, one of the worst things they've ever seen. Many Jews are going to die, unfortunately in that siege, when the Antichrist and his army surround and the things that happen there. But a burdensome stone, every, every country that has tried to divide the land ultimately left, are left frustrated. And whatever the plan they try to make is useless because you've got two people groups. Both claim, have claim to the land. One is genuine, one is false. But you cannot change their mind. You cannot change Islam's mind. They believe in their false heresy, and yet God has given the truth to the children of Israel. It belongs to them. Islam has nothing with Jerusalem. It has nothing with Israel. Jerusalem is the most hotly contested piece of real estate on the earth. Three of the world's biggest religions lay claim to it. Judaism, Christians, and Islam. But it belongs to the Jews. End of story. Print that. Print it. Read it and weep. (laughs) I like that. So verse 26. Your carcass shall be food for all the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, and no one shall frighten them away. 
The Lord will strike you with the boils of Egypt, with tumors, and with the scab, and with the itch, from which you cannot be healed. The Lord will strike you with madness, and blindness, and confusion of heart. And you shall grope at noonday as a blind man gropes in darkness. You shall not prosper in your ways. You shall not be, or you shall be only oppressed and plundered continually, and no one shall save you. You shall betroth a wife, but another man shall lie with her. You shall build a house, but you shall not dwell in it. You shall plant a vineyard, but you shall not, get, you shall not gather its grapes. Your ox shall be slaughtered before your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. And your donkey shall be violently taken away from you and shall not be restored to you. And your sheep shall be given to your enemies." And you shall have no one to rescue them. Your sons and your daughters will be given to another people. And your eyes shall look and fail with longing for them all day long. And there shall be no strength in your hand. Notice verse 33. A nation whom you shall not know shall eat the fruit of your land and the produce of your labor. Very important verse. Very prophetic. And you shall only be oppressed and crushed continually. So... So you shall be driven mad because of the sight which your eyes see. Verse 35, the Lord will strike you in the knees and on the legs with severe boils which cannot be healed. And from the sole of your foot to the top of your head, the Lord will give you and the king whom you set over you to a nation which neither you nor your fathers have known. And there you shall serve other gods, wood and stone. That's a prophetic passage too. Hundreds of years before it would come to pass, God, through, the, through Moses, is saying, there's coming a day when those ten tribes in the north are going to be taken away to Syria. That happened, 722 B.C. And a few hundred years later, 606, 586 B.C., same thing. Judah and Benjamin are going to be taken to Babylon. And here it is. And who was the last king of Judah? When finally the last tribe, Judah, goes into captivity, who was the last king who was there? Zedekiah. He gets taken to Babylon. He has his sons were killed before him, and then they plucked his eyes out. The last thing he saw was his 70 sons killed. Here it is. The Lord will bring you and the king, which you set over you, to a nation which neither you nor your fathers have known, and there you shall serve other gods. Verse 37, and you shall become an astonishment, a proverb, and a byword among all nations where the Lord will drive you. And it's true even to this day, back in the 1940s, before Israel came back into the land, when they were driven all over into Russia and Poland and Czechoslovakia and Germany and everywhere, everyone had all these filthy jokes and all these different newspapers back at that time had these caricatures of Jews and made them look like dogs, exaggerated the size of their noses, made everybody look at them like they were some kind of freak. And it was propaganda, and the devil was right in the middle of it. And you shall become an astonishment, a proverb, and a byword among all nations where the Lord will drive you. You shall carry much seed out to the field, but gather little in, for the locust shall consume it. You shall plant vineyards and tend them, but you shall neither drink of the wine nor gather the grapes, for the worms shall eat them. You shall have olive trees throughout all your territory, but you shall not anoint yourselves with the oil, for your olives shall drop off. And you shall beget sons and daughters, but they shall not be yours, for they shall go into captivity. It almost sounds like somebody's writing this who really knows the future. Almost, you know. I mean, you know, it's probably just a coincidence, but no, it's no coincidence. (laughs) 
God knows the end from the beginning. Is he omniscient or is he not? Does he know all things? Can he speak as if things have already happened? Well, he's doing it right here. He does it throughout the Bible. The only book in the whole world that can prophesy. It's full of prophecy. It's filled with it. The only one. Does the Koran have that kind of stuff? No. They can't, they don't even, there's stuff in it that even contradicts itself. It's, it's confusion. The Jehovah's Witnesses, the Mormons, all that stuff is just a bunch of nonsense. But you, brothers and sisters, we hold the book of books, the Word of God. Love it. Don't you love it? Everybody smile. Locusts shall consume all your trees and the produce of your land. The alien who is among you shall rise higher and higher above you, and you shall come down lower and lower. And here, these are the curses. You know, it, it's like there were, there were some blessings, but now the curses, there's a lot more. And God is just saying, you know, this is how bad it is. It's better to obey, isn't it? Because the blessings are great, but man, this list is just going on forever. He shall lend to you, but you shall not lend to him. He shall be the head, and you shall be the tail. Notice the twisting around now. Verse 45, Moreover, all these curses shall come upon you and pursue you and overtake you until you are destroyed, because you did not obey. Here it is. Because you did not obey the voice of the Lord your God. Isn't that what the Shema is all about? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Hear, O Israel. And I think he's saying, hear, O church made up of Jew and Gentile. Listen, but listen with the intent of doing something about it. Don't just let it get in your head and know it in theory. Know it in truth and in your life. That's when you own it. That's when you really understand it is when you obey it. And then you're like, wow, I see the benefit of it. When you obey it, it becomes yours. And then you get the glorious blessing to share it with others. And, be, and because you know it, and it's true to you, and you've seen it in action, what life is there behind that word that you share with somebody else? The comfort that you're comforting others with, the comfort you've been comforted of God, how much more now is that word going to be empowered because it, there's truth behind it, because you've lived it, you've seen it in action, you've seen God never fail you. He hasn't turned his back on you when you have been struggling and going through it. And, and obedience is not easy, is it? But when you endure and you, and you go through it and it's hard and nobody else is with you and you're alone in the dark and you're being obedient to God, at the end of the day, God's going to wrap his arm around you and say, well done. They did it to me too, by the way. Moreover, all these curses, verse 45, shall come upon you and pursue and overtake you until you are destroyed because you did not obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes which he commanded you. And they shall be upon you for a sign and a wonder and on your descendants forever. Ouch. Because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness. There's the worship. Because you didn't serve him with joy and gladness for the abundance of everything. For the abundance of everything, therefore you shall serve your enemies. And they did that. They were in servitude for 430 years, certainly in Egypt, and then they were in servitude to Babylon for 70 years. Boy, I wish we had another 30 minutes. Because <laughs> we're going to have to stop right in the middle of this thing. Um, let's see here. Therefore you shall serve your enemies, whom the Lord will send against you in hunger and in thirst and nakedness, and in need of everything, and he shall put a yoke of iron on your neck until he has destroyed you. Oh, boy. The Lord will bring a nation against you from afar, 
from the end of the earth, as swift as the eagle flies, a nation whose language you will not understand. That's the Chaldean language, the Akkadian language, a language they didn't understand. And that nation that God is speaking of here, way back here in the Old Testament, way back here in the book of the law, is Babylon. Hundreds of years before it would even come to pass, a nation will come against you. In fact, Habakkuk said this in chapter 1, beginning in verse 6. He says, For indeed, I am raising up the Chaldeans, a bitter and a hasty nation, who marches through the breadth of the earth to possess dwelling places that are not theirs. They are terrible and dreadful. Their judgment and their dignity proceed from themselves. Their horses also are swifter than leopards and more fierce than evening wolves. Their chargers charge ahead. Their cavalry comes from afar. Their cavalry, I'm sorry. They fly as the eagle that hastens to eat. This is a really difficult place to stop. But you know what we'll do is next week we'll pick up here in verse or chapter 28 and we'll get right into it. We'll finish um, well, 28. It's a, it's a pretty long chapter, and I hate to stop right here, but if I don't, you guys are going to be here till 9 o'clock. Or not 9 o'clock, but probably 7.30. So let's just, uh, let's just pray, and we'll stop there, and we'll, we'll finish this next time. Such a great reminder, though, isn't it? It's just, isn't it true that when there, there, there's no... When we, when we obey, it's so simple and yet so hard to obey and do the right thing. And isn't it a wonderful feeling, folks, when you obey and you know, and maybe you're being tempted. Maybe you were tempted today. Maybe this week there was something in your life that just tempted you and you're right on the edge of, of just committing that sin, whatever it may have been. The temptation was there. The heat was on. And you're, just, you're dying to just fulfill this lust of whatever it was. Could be a nasty word. Just, you know, it's building up inside of you. are watching the television set and you just you're like want to throw something at it. Which I would encourage you not to watch television. You'll be much better for it. But, you know, whatever it is, it could be anger. Unrepented of anger. You know, you're just so angry. It could be a, 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 a rotten heart and a mouth that just sometimes you just you got to let it fly. And boy, it feels so good at the moment. You just unleash it and you tell somebody and you just let them have it. And, and God is saying, do, do you feel good? <laughs> do you feel better? <laughs> and we never do, do we? When we sin, when we fail, we never feel good about it. But there's something so wonderful when we are obedient and you lay your head on the pillow at night. You know, the child of God has a peace that no, no other person has in the world. The world has to take pills to even come close to the peace that we can have and do have if you're abiding in Christ. They take pills to numb the mind, to numb the heart, to numb the senses so that you can finally get a good night's rest for heaven's sakes. Because you work too hard. Your head and your mind are consumed with too many things. Your worries are many. Fears all around. And yet the child of God just drives people crazy because they can walk through a storm. They can walk through a tempest. They can walk through a hurricane with a smile and everyone else is like pushing you going, get out of my face. What's the matter with you? Are you like some kind of... Are, are you like... Are you insane? And you're like, I'm, I may be the only sane person here. 
<laughs> Turn it around. They're the ones that are insane if they don't know Jesus. You're the ones who have sanity because you believe in the one who created all things. And you believed what he says. Simple obedience. Isn't it beautiful? Isn't it wonderful? However, when we are not obedient, what happens? It's like turmoil upon turmoil. Problem upon problem. Problem begets problem. Sin begets sin. Now that I've told my lie, now I've got to tell some, another lie to cover up that lie. And so it goes, and so it goes, and so it goes. Until that awkward moment happens where you have to fess up to it. Horrible to live that way. Isn't it much better just to live a life of no regrets? Is there a decision that you're thinking about? Is there some promise that God maybe has told you in the past? And you're thinking to yourself, you know what, I'm not getting any older. I'm not getting any older. Lord, you tugged on my heart 10 years ago, 15 years ago, to do something, to to be a part of something, to step out of my comfort zone, whatever it may be. And Lord, I am sick of being beaten up by our culture and the fears of the culture. I'm sick of being dictated to by the news how I should be, how I should think. You have a new mind. You've been given a new mind in Christ. Use it. Use it. Use the new mind that he's given you and be free from all of the junk. Seriously, there's a lot of junk. And yet we go to it some like like a dog returning to its vomit in the news. Be real careful, folks. Saturate yourself more in this and in fellowship and than anything else, and you'll find that you'll have a peace that goes way beyond understanding. And there'll be a peace in your heart. And there's a reward for that. There's a reward for obedience. Why would you be like Lot and allow yourself to get right into a city, a place that is just filled, that righteous man vexed himself, his righteous soul, day and night, with the filthy deeds and lawlessness of those people? What was it? What was it about it? We know that it was glittery, it was gold, it had promise. But what was inside Lot? It was something that just wasn't quite consecrated fully. He was just kind of going through the motions, not really consecrated. And you, can, you know that because his own wife, as she left Sodom, and God was going to judge it, what did she do? She turned around and became a pillar of salt. God judged it right in the moment because he could have gotten her out of Sodom, but Sodom was still in her, so much so that she could not escape. And yet Lot wasn't innocent either, was he? He went up in the mountain and his two daughters got him all drunk. And I hate that story, honestly. It's not a story. I hate that event. I hate that event because it just drives me crazy, but it's true. This did happen. And it's a horrible event in the life of Lot. But you see the results of disobedience and a lukewarm heart, a heart that's not consecrated to Christ. Let's stand and pray. Father, we come before you tonight, Lord, as we think about Lot, and as we think about these things that we're reading tonight, Lord. Father, we pray that we would just be simple enough to just believe you for what your word says and, and be obedient and, 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 and reap the benefits of obedience, Lord. There are blessings for obedience. And, Lord, sometimes they're physical. Sometimes they're spiritual. Sometimes they are both. And, Lord, you have a great plan for each one of us. I pray for each one of us, Lord Jesus, that you would set us free from whatever sin, whatever besetting sin, whatever every now and then sin, whatever it is, Father, that we find our our contentment, our pleasure, 
our fulfillment in God. Help us to see it for what it is and cleanse us, Lord. Forgive us, wash us, purify us in the holy blood of Jesus Christ, the spotless Lamb of God who only deserves praise and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. And everyone said, Amen. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of Deuteronomy. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio and sanctuary messages in MP3 format free of charge from the resources link. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary Messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play or Apple Podcast. We are so glad that you could join us today, and if there is any way that we could bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.